Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, I, I love it, man. Isn't it great to be at church this morning? Come on. Aren't you glad you came today? Hey, listen, I know we normally don't do this and, 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 and I'm going to preface this. I intentionally don't do this because I don't like people feeling like they've been put on blast and make you feel uncomfortable or whatever. But if you're here for the first time, can you just wave? Can you just wave at me? Oh, man, look at that. Hands all over the place. Come on. Man, we're so glad that you're here at Abundant Life this morning. And of course, we already want to encourage you, come back out this Christmas Eve, Friday night at 6 p.m. It's going to be a beautiful time for the whole family to come together. Uh, our kids are going to be singing, and that's always that's always a blast, just to get to watch them uh, just sing their little hearts out. Right, Gary? <laughs> he gave that announcement last week. He's like, come out, hear the kitties sing their little hearts out. I was like, yes. It's going to be a wonderful time, though, but we're going to have a candlelight service. We're going to have a powerful message. Bishop's going to be ministering, and you don't want to miss it, 6 p.m. Uh, this coming Friday night as we celebrate uh, the season, the Christmas season uh, that, that we're in. And uh, it's just going to be a, a wonderful time together. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Luke. I want to immediately get into this thing today. i got a couple thoughts that I want to share with you as we are putting our attention and our focus uh, this season. Particularly, it's Christmas, so I, I wanted to put together a, a, a Christmas uh, message for you today. And God kind of spoke to my heart in, in the book of Luke chapter 2, and I just got a couple of thoughts. And, and then as I mentioned, we're going to close today with the time of communion. But uh, book of Luke chapter 2, uh, we're going to read a few verses, starting in verse 6. And uh, the scripture says this. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And verse 9 says this, And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this, catch this, verse 12, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I'm going to read that one more time. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praying God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Verse 12, it said, and this will be the sign unto you. Can I speak to you from the subject line today? The sign. The sign. If you're taking notes, just write that down. The sign. If you got your phones, punch that in your notes section. The sign. And I want to start off by saying this, behind every sign, there is an assignment. Anywhere that you go, Whenever you see a sign behind it, it is a sign to communicate a message or to give a directive. 
And if you don't believe me, when you leave from here today and you get back out on the road and you're on your way home or to lunch or wherever it is that you're gathering, try and running a red light and see what happens. Now, I'm not encouraging that today. It was interesting. Yesterday, uh, I was out uh, being bold at the mall, shopping at 2.30 in the afternoon with everyone else in South Florida. And it's interesting because you know the sign of the season, even if it's not a physical sign with words, you see the Christmas lights, you see the Christmas trees, you know, you see, you see the Santa Claus, you see all the things. And what does that communicate to you? What the message is of the, the, the season in the sense of when you see certain things. But I was going into this store and, and, and there was a sign that was right in the glass. Maybe you've read this one before. No shirt, no shoes, no service. And I thought to myself, who in their right mind is going shopping at the mall with no shirt and no shoes for this message to have to be up on the door when you're walking in? I mean, think about it. I mean, like, who is, like, straight up trying to roll in shirtless, shoeless, trying to shop at the mall? I mean, maybe they're trying to buy some clothes at that point. I don't know. But here's the part that I laughed at. You know what was right next, next to it? Because this is the sign of the season. There was one that had this, like, what do they call it, a mask? And it said, masks only. I was confused. No shirt, no shoes, no service, mask only. What am I supposed to wear? You want me to just to come in with my mask only? I mean, if I come in with my mask only, then the shirt and shoes portion of the sign is irrelevant now. And I was praying, oh my goodness, I hope that that is not the case. I hope someone's not reading this literally and just thinking, oh, this is great. I'm just going to come in with my mask only. This scared me for a second. But it's interesting because with every sign, there's an assignment, there's a message, there's a directive, there's something that's trying to be communicated. And in this story, it says that the sign was that the baby Jesus, that Jesus Christ our Lord, when he would enter into this earth, the sign unto the shepherds would be he would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Isn't it interesting that the sign for the shepherds was a different sign than what the wise men received? For the wise men received the sign of the star in the sky. I'll get into that in just a moment. But behind every sign, there's an assignment. So the question is, what was the assignment that was behind the sign of Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger? Well, I think we have to understand a little bit of the backstory of what's taking place here, and we're familiar with this, we've read this passage before, but as I was reading it, the Lord just gave me a couple of thoughts that I wanted to encourage you with today, because I believe this, there's many of us that God has placed an assignment on our life, and we've encountered things this year, we've encountered things in our life that the enemy has tried to use to hold us up in our assignment, hold us up in our purpose, hold us up in our calling. And if we fall subject to not fulfilling the assignment, then we're going to limit our ability to be an influence and reach our world with life. Because the fulfillment of the assignment is what became the witness. It was the sign in which the shepherds recognized that Christ the Lord is here. So what's the assignment? Well, the story goes as this. It's noted that in the first chapter of the book of Luke that the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, he encountered Mary and he came to her and he said, hey, highly favored, blessed of God, how are you? 
And she was like, whoa, what, what do you mean? What do you, why, why are you coming at me so strong with that? And he says to her this. I, want, I, want, I just want to read this real quick. And here in Book of Luke chapter 128. And he says this to her. He said, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. And you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. But what he said was this, here's the assignment, you're going to conceive this son. But here's the deal, in order for you to fulfill the assignment, you need to recognize there's a favor upon your life. Oh, we've been teaching these last several weeks on being wrapped in God's grace. Let me tell you, God's not going to put a calling on your life and not give you favor for the call. God's not going to assign you with purpose and destiny to fulfill the things that he's placed upon your life and not give you the favor to fulfill it. He's not going to call you without giving you the blessing in order to accomplish it. God's blessing is upon your life today. God's favor is upon your life today. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your background or, or, or what you've encountered or the difficulties or the challenges. God is with you. Us, we sang it, Emmanuel, he is with us, he is for us, his favor and blessing is upon your life for your assignment today. And so Mary finds out that there's an assignment. And she learns and discovers that she's going to be with child. And she finds out that as the angel tells her these things, that there's a favor and there's a grace and there's a blessing upon her life to fulfill her assignment. I want to give you three things today that the enemy will try to do to keep you from your assignment. Three things today. The first thing is this, fear. Fear. See, in the book of Matthew, the angel of the Lord came and visited her boyfriend, Joseph. And when he encountered Joseph, the Bible records that Joseph was so overwhelmed in his thinking that he had a mind to put his girlfriend away. Now, y'all know this story, right? It's a little scandalous. Isn't God funny? Isn't God have, like, the funniest sense of humor that he would use, the, the, like, the, the, the most interesting way to bring his son into this earth, knowing that embedded on the front page of TMZ back in Jerusalem that this would be recorded. That once word got out that Mary was pregnant, and here's Joseph, who she's supposed to be married to. And at this moment, they had not had any type of physical intimacy at all. And so Joseph is going out of his mind. He doesn't know what to do. And the Bible says that he had a mind to put her away. And the angel of the Lord encountered Joseph in his dream. Let me just say this. Joseph was so distraught mentally that the angel didn't encounter him physically. He had to go to the depths of his dreams where he was resting just for him to communicate a truth. And so as the angel of the Lord speaks to Joseph and tells Joseph, he says this, he says, do not be afraid. Let me tell you, the assignment that God's placed upon your life, do not be afraid. If God has placed it on your life, it's meant for you to fulfill it. God has called you to fulfill it. God has called you to have great success and great victory. He says, do not be afraid. In other words, fear not. Just, just tap someone next to you say, fear not. Fear not. It's so easy sometimes for us to get wrapped up in our thinking. It's so easy sometimes for us to, to fall short of the assignment, the purpose that God has for our life because we get so caught up in our own mindset. Now, I, I want to give you a little context of what's going on here because when I read he had a mind to put Mary away, 
I had to look that up and find, what, is that, what does that mean? Was he trying to hide her? Was he trying to keep the situation under wraps? What was he trying to do in this? And the Bible says that she was his betrothed. Anyone ever heard that word before, betrothed? If you haven't, it's just an ancient word for engaged. But honestly, they almost carry two different interpretations. And I'm going to explain this to you. The word betrothed means to be committed with intent, to have a commitment with intent. Engaged is to uphold a promise. And I was thinking, you know, when, when I was getting ready to ask my wife to marry me, it was very much like this. I mean, you know, the angel of the Lord came and met me. and <laughs> No, he didn't. But I remember we were getting engaged and I was so excited, you know. We, we, we had dated and sat down and I talked with my dad. I said, Bishop, I think I want to marry this girl. And he laughed because he already knew that she was the one. He was the angel of the Lord for me. Um, <laughs> he was, and I remember I went and uh, I wanted to do a beach proposal. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of the beach because I don't like sand. I don't like dirty anything. But it's beautiful. It's pretty. And I wanted to do something that was nice. So we got up early and we went down to the beach and and I remember after I basically preached a sermon to my wife about how much I loved her for an hour, she knew where I was going because I was so nervous and I was fiddling to find the ring box inside of the bottom of the bag. And she was like, on with it already. Let's go. I know what you're going to ask me. And finally, when I got it all figured out, you marry me, she responded with, of course. She didn't even say, I didn't even get a glorious yes. I got a course. She was all about business, and I knew who I was marrying. <laughs> but that's not like how it was back in the days of, like, Joseph and Mary. Okay, so understand this. Back in those old days, when you wanted to get engaged, when you were going to be the one that you are going to be betrothed to, here's what it was. You went down to the temple, you signed a contract, they took that contract, they nailed it on the wall, and you had 12 months to fulfill that contract. <laughs> That's what it was to be betrothed back in the Bible. Some of y'all are like, thank God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that could have been a bad path I was going down. But you had 12 months to fulfill this contract. And if you didn't fulfill the contract, the husband was taxed, had to pay a fine, and the wife was given the status of divorced, which in those days would have been equal to carrying a scarlet letter lest you lost your loved one to a sickness or in battle. If you were just divorced, it was because most likely you weren't faithful to your husband. And so here's Joseph with his betrothed, he, he was committed with the intention that this is my wife. And he finds out, hold on a second. I don't care what, you're pregnant. I don't know about this. And the Bible said that he had a mind to put her away, but he was a just man. He was a just man. He was a just man. I, what I want to tell you is this. When it comes to your assignment, remain committed with the intention. Sometimes there's things on the surface that don't make sense, but God is always in the background working things all together for your good that's going to give him glory. Some of you need to be betrothed again to your assignment. 
Some of you need to re-engage your purpose. Some of you need to re-engage your vision. Some of you have put it on pause for 21, hoping that you're going to get something better in 22. Sorry, it's not going to happen. In 21, whatever it is that God's put on your heart, he's waiting for you to fulfill that before you go on to the next thing, baby. I said, God, I, I, I want with everything and the assignment you've placed upon my life, my commitment is I'm not going to put it away. Some of you have put away your assignment. Joseph contemplated putting it away. He, shut the, he, was, he was thinking about shutting the door on this situation. I, I want to tell you, don't, don't lock up your purpose. Don't lock up your dream. Don't lock up the plan that God has for you, the purpose that God has for you. You need to take that out and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him. He's going to make that path, that purpose, that plan, that assignment straight as what it was called to be and designed to be. Somebody say no fear. The next thing is this. I'll put this down. Familiarity. Familiarity can stop you on your assignment. The book of Luke chapter 1 verse 34 said this. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? The angel of the Lord came to her and said, you are going to conceive the Son of God. And she said, how is this possible? I've never known. In other words, she's never known a man physically, intimately. But the idea is this, is that God was trying to do something in her life that was not familiar to what she knew. There's some things in your life that you think the only way it's going to work out is based upon what you know. And God's saying it's not about what you know, because my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. But if you trust in me, and if you lean on me, I'm going to show you those great and mighty things that you know not of. What does the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? Now he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or what? Think. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you know. Gideon. You don't need thousands of people to have the, the battle won. You don't need thousands. Of, you only need 300. But, but who in the right mind would go with, with only 300 people in the battle? You don't need the thousands. You only need 300. But what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? What, what, what are you, what are, I can totally see even getting in that situation. What are you, and not only that, you're not even going to have to use your sword. You're just going to shout the word of the Lord. You're going to say the sword of the Lord. All you're going to do is let out a shout of praise. What in the world? There's no way. How am I going to have victory? Listen, God wants to accomplish things in your life that is not familiar to what you always know. Because sometimes when we get too familiar with things, it causes our ability in faith to be able to trust the Lord. Oh, I got this. And God doesn't want you to lean in your own strength. God wants you to look to him. Look at him. Trust him. He wants you to be able to know that the power of God, when it comes upon your life, he's going to do things in your life that, that, that's uncharacteristic. And that's what he said to Mary. He said, Mary, he said this, it's the power of God that's going to overshadow you. The power of God's going to come upon you. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you, and I want to tell you this today, when we get so familiar in our reading our scripture, we, we read the same scriptures over and over. We'll read the same passages, we'll sing the same songs over and over. We get so familiar with how we're going to get into the presence of God. And I believe that God's just looking for people to say, Lord, I trust you today. Maybe this is, maybe this is totally different and it's not, but God, I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to trust you in my assignment. 
I'm going to trust you in this thing today. Some of us, we've been going back to the same people, hoping that they're going to help us on the business plan or get us the new job. And God's saying, stop looking at people today. Stop looking at media today. Stop lo looking at what's going on in, in, in the political system today. Stop going back to the things that you think that you know. Just start trusting me and watch my power come upon your life to do great things through your life to fulfill the assignment that I have for your life. I believe in this season we get so familiar, so comfortable, that's a better word, so comfortable that we stop trusting the Lord and we are leaning on our understanding. Familiarity. Your assignment won't always be found in what you know. I want to give you this last thing this morning. Failure. Failure. The enemy will try to use failure to stop you from being able to fulfill your assignment. See, the Bible recorded this in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 7. He said, and they brought forth their son, and they wrapped him in the swaddling clothes, and they laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. No room for them in the inn. Now think about this. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, it was prophesied that the Savior of the world was going to be born in Bethlehem. This is like 500 years earlier. And I was thinking... Like, God, did you not think to put a reservation in at the Hilton Hotel in Bethlehem? Like, did he not plan to book an Airbnb? My son's coming. I want to set him up in, like, the most comfortable atmosphere. Like, like, like God, what, 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 what's going on here in this situation? But the Bible says that there was no room in the inn. In other words, the doors of the inn were closed. The doors of the inn were closed. There are some doors that you've been trying to walk through thinking that it's going to help you fulfill your assignment, but those doors aren't meant to be open for you because the assignment that God has called you to fulfill is meant to be a sign, a witness, an influence, an impact to this world. And if Jesus was born in the comfort of a hotel room, the shepherds would have never seen the baby lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, allowing the moment for the glory of God to shine bright and for the angels to sing and for the shepherds to worship and the fulfillment of the prophetic word would have never happened. But we want so badly the doors that we've been knocking on to open up for us. We want so badly for certain doors and God's saying that's not the door. Or maybe some of us, the doors have shut and we think that God has, is the one that's causing us to fail. Or maybe that God's the one that doesn't want us to succeed in the assignment. Maybe we suffered loss this year. Maybe we went through some painful moments this year and it feels like the doors of our life have shut us out. I want to give you hope today that that's not God because God is a good God. God is a loving God. God's favor is upon your life. God's blessing is upon your life. It just might not look like the pathway that you think you're going to go through. It's not always about what you want. It's about what you need. And some of us, we want so badly. Want is about the moment. Need is about the future. We want because I feel I need this right now in this moment because all I'm looking at is the present circumstance. But God was saying, no, the doors of the inn are not going to open up because what's needed is a moment that a sign would go forth. And so here's Mary and Joseph and they see the doors of the inn are closed. They can't walk through these doors and they're not staying. And so they find themselves now in this position, in this place where they go and Mary is giving birth to Jesus and all that's available is this manger. And I want to close with this this morning. 
if you ever studied or looked at mangers, mangers weren't like common how we kind of see them today, like these little like wood boxes. In fact, mangers were actually built out of stone. And depending on the size of the city would determine the size of the manger. Because, see, the manger was placed at the central part of the city, and it was the gathering place for all the animals to come and eat and to drink. And so depending on the size of the city would depend on the size of the manger. And so in, in Bethlehem, there's this, there's this manger, and it's built out of stone, not out of wood, not with a little, little hay pillow chilling on the top. It, it's amazing how, how we create our own story version of the nativity. And by the way, not one place in, in, in the gospel does they call this the nativity. So it's, it's interesting how we put our own photo shoot version of this type of uh, story together. And it's, it's this picture in our mind. And you heard Bishop talk about it last week. The wise men weren't even there. The wise men didn't even come into the scene until Jesus was two years old. But here in the middle of this city, there's this manger and it's built out of stone. And Mary wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in it. What was the sign? Swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Let me touch on the swaddling clothes really quick. The swaddling clothes, while all newborns were wrapped in them, at this time of year that Jesus was born was the time of year that they were getting ready to sacrifice the lamb for Passover. And so what would happen is the shepherds would be out in the fields tending the flock, preparing for what would have been the best of the best for sacrifice. Because in those days, when they sacrificed a lamb, it would atone for the sins of humanity. Now here's Jesus, and he comes into the, into the world. And he's wrapped in these swaddling clothes. And the purpose of the swaddling clothes was for any new lambs that happened to be born at this time, they would wrap up the lamb to protect it. And the lamb would be protected in these cloths. These spotless, pure bred lambs would be protected for the time that once they grew older, that they would be eventually sacrificed for the sins of the world. So here's Jesus. He comes in and he's born. He's brand new. And he's wrapped in these cloths and he's protected. He's wrapped in these cloths and he's protected. Think about this. Jesus the fulfillment of Mary and Joseph's assignment was wrapped and protected. Can I ask you, how are you protecting your assignment this season? How are you protecting your purpose this season? Because your assignment's not about what you can get. Your assignment's about what you can give. The assignment of the season should be one like never before of sacrifice. One where we can give. One where we can, where, where we can demonstrate God's love in our community. One where, where, where we can represent as a sign the goodness of God and the love of God. How are we protecting ourselves this season when it comes to our assignment? Or are we just shutting it away as Joseph at, Joseph at once contemplated? But see, then there was the manger and she placed him in the manger, and I, and I couldn't help but to think, where are we placing our purpose this season? Where are you laying your purpose this season? Where are you laying your assignment this season? The things that God's called you, have you just laid it aside? Have you just cast it? No. I said, Lord, I, with everything, I want to protect what you've given me. I want to place it at the, at the feet of you, Jesus. I want you to know, here I am, God. 
with everything that you have assigned to my life. I want it to be for your glory. And so here he is, and he's laid in this manger. He's built out of stone. And the shepherds, they come, and they're able to identify the sign because of his wrapped swaddling clothes in this stone manger. Now here I said all that to say this. As we prepare to take communion today, the foreshadowing of how this whole entire story played out is quite interesting. Because see, Bethlehem means city of bread. Jesus is laid in this manger, and this manger was the place that all the animals, all creation would come to partake that when they were hungry and thirsty. And Jesus says in John 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Those who are hungry, come to me. All who are thirsty, come to me. You'll hunger and thirst no more. The symbolic, the foreshadowing, how God orchestrated this whole moment was a sign for what was to come. Because see, as a baby, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes for his protection. But as an adult, he was wrapped with stripes on his back for our protection. As a baby, he laid in a manger for his comfort. But as an adult, he laid on the cross so that he could be your comforter. This season is so much more than just a picture that we look at. This season is recognizing that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came into this earth on an assignment so that now you could walk in success on your assignment. And so what does Jesus do as an adult when he's sitting around the tables with the disciples on that last night before he was arrested, beaten, and put on the cross? They have the Last Supper. And he says this, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, I want you to look at this sign and never forget my assignment. Because my assignment is what becomes the sign for you to remember your assignment. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.